Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling. Just here for the beer. Ooh. Wow. Um, so tonight we went with another two chicks drink. Um, I know I haven't done this one before, um, but we have featured two chicks before. And I have to say, gosh, I'm I'm literally looking at their website website right now. And I gotta say, I'm pretty I'm like ninety-five probably 98% sure. I didn't realize they had eight different um, canned cocktails now, but I'm like 98% sure the first time we featured them on this podcast um, was when they only had four available, and I didn't think it was that long ago. Um, So without further ado, tonight's we have their Sparkling Vodka QT, and it's vodka with peach cucumber tea and thyme cocktail and i gotta say i i fuck with this this is good this is good it's smooth it's got a good taste um i mean i got i got no shame i i think this i think this is fire i think this is really good so um once again i know it's been a while since we featured them on here so for those that don't know what are Two Chicks Cocktails? Two Chicks Cocktail is a women-owned and founded and run company. Their sparkling canned cocktails are made with real premium spirits, tequila, vodka, whiskey, and gin, with fruit and botanicals at 5% alcohol, deliciously designed for any occasion. Um, And they're good. I, I believe the first one I had on here was the... um. Whiskey, spicy, ginger, and orange cocktail. It was like a sparkling new fashion. And it was good. It was good. It, it had, like, with the ginger, like, it was a little, um, how do I want to say? I remember it being, like, a little, uh, God, too, a little gingery for my liking, but it still, like, wasn't bad. Um, but they have so many cool, um, flavors. They got, like I said, they got gin drinks. Um, actually they got one gin drink. It's gin, apple, and cucumber cocktail. Um, for vodkas, they got vodka, elderflower, and pear cocktail. They got vodka with peach, cucumber, tea, and thyme cocktail like we're drinking tonight. And then they got vodka, lemonade, strawberry, and basil, vodka, cranberry, and lime and then they got tequila, lemon, and lime cocktail, tequila, grapefruit, and um, then finishing it off with one whiskey drink, the sparkling new fashioned. So I got to say, I, gosh, I don't know, man. I struggle. Like, I've, like, we've gone over this on this on the podcast before. Like, I definitely prefer whiskeys. I definitely prefer tequilas, scotches, stuff like that. But that doesn't mean I don't like vodkas. It doesn't mean I don't like gins, that kind of stuff. It kind of, once again, it kind of depends on like the time of the year and the, the um, God, what am I trying to say? The environment, stuff like that. But God, from what I remember, I think I like this, the vodka, the sparkling vodka QT more than the sparkling new fashion. And I am a old-fashioned 
I would say it's old fashioned savant. Um, man, I'm just gonna come right out. I mean, I don't know. Eight point five. Eight point five. I really like it. Again, I, I, you know, again, I try to be kind of, you know, tight with my rankings and all that kind of stuff because. I don't just want to be handing out nines and tens, you know, all the time like we've talked about too. But I really like this. I really like this. I think, I think for those out there uh, that are looking for a nice, smooth, it doesn't, you know, it's it's called a sparkling. You know, they're sparkling drinks, but it's not super overly carbonated, so. I urge you guys go check them out. Excuse me, twochickscocktails.com. Um, they tell you all about um, their different drinks they got. You can find out where to buy them. They got news and events always going on. Um, they got a cool little about us page. Uh, really, really great place. Um, and then they are also available all over social media. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Vimeo, Vimeo, <laughs> Vimo, and uh, Pinterest. So yeah, go check them out. Let me know what you guys think of them. Let me know uh, what you think of the Sparkling Vodka QT. And um, let me know what I should try of theirs next. Truthfully, for those that want to know for future references, I'm pretty sure I have only ever tried the... Because they have eight. I'm pretty sure I've only ever tried the Sparkling Vodka QT. Uh, I did the Sparkling New Fashion. And then I'm trying to remember. I think, I, I think I've had the Sparkling Vodka Fizz. But I'm pretty sure those are the only three I have ever tried. So, um, And this one tonight is one of them. So if anybody's ever tried the other five, let me know what you think of them. And um, if they're worth giving a go. So, with that, we move on to the Tommy Town and man for my hockey fans. It is a good time to be a hockey fan. The men's hockey team uh, got in action this last weekend. Unfortunately, they are owing to to start the season, but they played a very, very good um, number ten team in the nation, the St. Cloud State Huskies. Uh, this last weekend, and played them in two very tight games. Uh, Saturday night on October first, they lost by a score of one to three. Um, excuse me. Um, and yeah, it was a good game. I mean, St. Cloud State uh, got out to a three uh, three goal first period lead, um, but then Carson. Peters, a Medina, Minnesota native who attended Wyzetta High School, scored his first collegiate goal on the first Tommy's goal of the season. Excuse me. Um, so that was awesome to see for um, the Tommy's. Excuse me. Freshman goalie Aaron Trotter from uh, Victoria, British Columbia was in net and picked up the first loss of this season. Um, surprisingly, this year, um, the first game, they only got one uh, special team goal, and it was a power play goal. So, I mean, you take that out, 2-1 game. 
Um, Sunday night's game was just a little farther, uh, you know, apart. They lost zero to four. Um, two goal. Uh, this game was a little bit differently. You take out uh, their three power play goals, and it's a one nothing game. Um, St. Thomas got into a little bit of a little bit of penalty trouble, um, especially in the third period, picking up more than half of their penalties of the game just in the third. Um, but Hey, I mean, again, you know, we, we always talk on this podcast about, you know, a loss is a loss and a win is a win. It doesn't matter if you win or lose by one or win or lose by 50, you know, and I've always talked about not being really into moral victories, but I have to say, if you're a part of the St. Thomas, you know, hockey program, if you're just a Tommy fan in general, you have to be happy with the direction of this team. Um, and the reason I say that is because last season, I mean, like I said, St. Cloud State is a very good and they have a very big history of being a very hockey prominent school up there. And they lost one to three and zero to four in their second year of division one hockey. Last year, they opened up this season against this team who was number two in the nation and they got slaughtered 12. I mean, this is my alma mater. I don't want to say that word either, but they got slaughtered 12 to 2 in the first game in a game that saw St. Cloud score 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 power play goals and two shorthanded goals. So this was honestly the perfect storm. It was it went to show how inexperienced St. Thomas was at the Division One level, which rightfully so it was a first game, and just how good this St. Thomas team was. And then the next night, I know it was only a zero to two loss. Um excuse me, but the um the St the St. Thomas team got outshot 34 to 12. Um, and Peter Tomei back last year was really the only reason this game again, wasn't another, you know, five or six or seven goal game in favor of St. Thomas. So once again, you know, we're not chalking this up to, you know, a moral victory. I'm just talking in terms of, you have to be happy with where this team's headed. This upcoming uh, weekend, they will be um, going into uh, hosting uh, the Alaska Fairbanks, I think they're the Nanooks, in a two-game series. Uh, They are currently 1-0-1 on the season, Um, and... um, yeah, Alaska Fairbanks last year swept the home series with the purple six to one and seven to two. Uh, excuse me. And the Tommies have a five and five all time record against a Fairbanks. St. Thomas last road trip to Alaska in any sport prior to last February came thirty three seasons earlier in the D three era. So, um, a lot of a lot of. Uh, good things to be looking forward to. And as far as this um, upcoming series is um, concerned, the Nanooks, like I said, went 1-0-1 one and one, one, oh and one on home ISIS last weekend against American International College with goals um, from their top line. But they traveled midweek and jetted over 3,000 miles on an eight-and-a-half-hour plane trip. So... This team's probably going to be tired, 
And again, this is going to be a good opening season uh, opportunity for this team to get off to a hot start and kind of get um, get their feet under them. I'm under them. I mean, again, this is another. Uh, this is an, uh, this is a team that's bringing back a good mix of veteran um, players from last year and the year before that, and some good young, talented players as well. So, super excited for them. Excuse me. Like I mentioned, um, this upcoming weekend uh, against Alaska um, Fairbanks, they will be playing um, tomorrow night, the seventh at seven o seven, and then on Saturday at six o seven p.m. As of right now, both games are on FlowHockey.com, so go check those out if you'd like to watch them. And um, yeah, as for the women's hockey team, they will be opening up excuse me, they will be opening up their 25th season as a program and the second season of Division One competition tomorrow, Friday night, with a mighty test against the Wisconsin Badgers in Madison, Wisconsin. The women's Tommy hockey team will face off against Wisconsin at 7 p.m. on Friday and 6 p.m. on Saturday. Both games will be on the tail end of a four-game homestand for the Badgers, um, marking the first time the Tommies will play at um, the La Ban Arena in program history in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Fortunately for the Tommies, they had the opening week off of the season um, while the Badgers got out to a quick start splitting their home series their opening series, sorry, on the road at Penn State, but outscoring the Nittany Lions 10-5 to and then sweeping their first two games at home against Lindenwood by scores of 6-0 and 10-0. and um, Once again, it's also worth noting St. Thomas is returning 17 of its players from last year's roster, um, which is looking to make a big mark this upcoming season. Um... So yeah, it should it, it should be a good season. It should be an exciting season. Once again, hockey is back. Could not be more excited. Um, one other thing I just spaced before I was going to move on. The team is actually, excuse me, the team is actually um, returning. What? Gosh, I'm sorry. The team is actually returning. Um, what is it? Eight of their top point scorers from 21-22 season. You know, and and that's the name of the game, obviously, in collegiate sports. It's tough to see turnover because a lot of the times it's due to, you know, graduation and players, you know, not necessarily transferring or not, you know, leaving because they hate the program or something like that. But when you're able to have young skaters and bring them back, it, it makes all the difference because, you know, this team's got... Um, minutes under their wings and all that kind of fun stuff so yes once again super excited for hockey to get going for my basketball fans um scrimmages and games still aren't in going on for either team until at least uh three more weeks maybe four more weeks depending on how you look at the schedule so hang in there we got the nba coming (laughs) And then lastly, before we wrap up Tommy Town, um, the football team will be back in action this next weekend um, in St. Paul. 
They will be hosting the reigning Pioneer Football League champion, the Davidson Wildcats. And before we even dive into this game, before we even look at this last game against Marist, I got a bold prediction here. If if St. Thomas is able to find a way to beat Davidson this year, it will change the landscape of St. Thomas football going forward. As far as I'm concerned, from the for about the better part of the last five or six years, the Pioneer Football League has not been looked at as one of the you know Power Five FCS divisions or conferences, but Davidson has more often than not been the one winning the conference. So, if St. Thomas, if and when St. Thomas is good enough to start beating Davidson, they're going to get more prominence. They're going to be getting more automatic bids and getting a taste for some of these other teams out there. And then they'll probably be, you know, just going up from there. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, this team is coming off of a big 38 to 24 win over Marist, um, in Poughkeepsie, New York this last weekend, the football team once again, dominated, on the ground, excuse me, dominated on the ground as um, Hope out of bio rush for 132 yards, and Cade Sexauer actually threw for a great 218 passing yards, 88 of those to um, wide receiver Andrew McElroy, but all around was just a a, a good team effort. Uh, St. Thomas took a twenty-one to seven, or sorry, twenty-one to three lead into halftime. Um, and then by the end of the third quarter, um, by the end of the third quarter, Marist made it a very very interesting game as it was only twenty-eight to seventeen, and then. St. Thomas was able just to get a couple more points in the fourth quarter to kind of get that separation. Uh, excuse me, that separation for the 38 to 24 win, which is awesome. Um, because I got to say, if you're, if you're St. Thomas, even after last year with how good Davidson is, and even with how good San Diego can be, you have to take care of and you have to get wins against teams like, you know, no disrespect to them, but you got to get the wins against the teams like the Marists, the teams like the Presbyterian um, and the Butlers that are just easy games because you don't know on any given year just how good a San Diego or a Davidson is going to be, even though this St. Thomas football team is better than last season, and I think last season they looked good against a lot of these teams. Doesn't mean some of these teams aren't also getting better. So you also like so you all always have to be um, looking to get the wins that you know you should be getting. Um, and yeah, so this upcoming uh, week, the football team will look to extend its 32 game regular season home winning streak as they will host Davidson. And they're going to have, honestly, their, excuse me, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Um, Davidson is winners of four straight games, and they enter the um, the game in St. Paul, 4-1 overall and 2-0 in Pioneer Football League action. Their 31 to nothing blanking of Butler last weekend was their first shutout in conference play since the 2008 campaign. <clears throat> 
excuse me, um, this weekend's trip for them to St. Paul, Minnesota will be the Wildcats' first ever as the Tommies transition from D3 to an FCS school. Um, and like I mentioned, um, St. Thomas is going to have the work cut out for them. Um, in addition to leading the country in rushing offense with 389.4 yards per game, Davidson ranks among the FCS leaders in total offense, total offense with 498.2 a game, which puts them at sixth and scoring offense with 39.4 points per game, which is eighth in FCS. So the this this um St. Thomas defense will be tested early and often, especially with the fact that they have um excuse me, they have three different Wildcats that have rushed for over three hundred yards on the season. So this is a team that likes to run. I expect this game to be very smash mouth hitting team as St. Thomas also likes to run. And um It'll be very, very interesting to see what happens. It is, like I said, worth noting that last season, St. Thomas, excuse me, St. Thomas actually traveled to Davidson, North Carolina for this game where they got beat 15 to 42. That was their biggest loss of the season um, last year. So hope for good things. And like I said, I'm I for I, I for one am excited um to see this get going. Once again, um with it being home, it will be streamed online on Tommysports.com. So go check that out and um roll Toms. So as excited as I am for that Tommy uh Davidson game, uh we do have some good news, a good amount of good news to kind of go over and talk about today and some not so good news. We will obviously start with the not-so-good news. But before we get into that, local business shout-out. Um, I know some of you, uh, the usual listeners, uh, have heard me shout them out probably for sure once, maybe twice. But i got to give them some love. Um, really cool company, local company. Um, if you haven't heard of them, um, you need to know about them. Some of you know them as UNRL, and some of you know them as Unreal. They're doing some awesome awesome things once again for the second year in a row they're dropping some super dope minnesota vikings um collaboration uh sweatshirt sweatshirts that are literally selling out within 15 minutes uh they got some really cool row the boat uh apparel coming out um they just like last year for those that do know of unrl they have some really cool uh, fall 22 stuff that just came out recently. Um, but the thing I'm actually the most stoked about right behind the Viking stuff, I haven't gotten one of them yet, um, is the Hitman 22 hats. Uh, Harrison Smith with UNRL came out with a couple of hats that I am super pumped about. And truthfully, I am not going to be surprised if they come out with more hitman sweatshirts hitman shirts stuff like that really cool guy and i mean really cool company to collaborate with a really cool and really humble uh guy so like i said gotta give them some love um for those that are wondering um unrl is best described as as athleisure meets sportswear 
super comfortable for anybody that is interested in this stuff reach out to me i have some of their joggers i have some of their shorts quarter zips um shirts like i can personally vouch for just about any of this stuff super comfortable um it lasts really cool um but yeah like i said i've shouted them out for sure once i think maybe two times before this but like i said uh kind of fall by the fell by the wayside that they're doing their uh, Minnesota Vikings uh, collaboration sweatshirts again for every home game or I shouldn't say sorry I shouldn't say every home game I think they're just doing the first six um, so they actually had the first drop come out um, for the home opener the first game and then the second drop came two weeks later when we uh, hosted uh the lions and then they just came out with it uh week through uh, number three for the uk and then their next one is coming out in uh october 25th ahead of the um excuse me ahead of the uh what is it uh the arizona cardinals game so like i said if you guys haven't already go um check them out or know about them you need to unrl.co or you can check them out on uh they're on facebook they're on instagram and twitter so go check them out they're out of st paul minnesota um they customize apparel you can find you know retails at retail places that sell their stuff you guys got to know about them if you don't know them i can't say that enough so um, anyways, moving on. So, st- like I said, starting off with the n- not so good news, um, Lisa reached out and said, um, "How upset are you that the or asked me how upset are you that the Twins di- failed to make the playoffs this year?" And you know, when I first got your question, Lisa, I kind of went back and forth, but. In the back of my mind, I'm really not that upset. I think despite signing Carlos Correa, there wasn't a lot of high hopes for this team. I think a lot of analysts and a lot of people in Minnesota had a lot of questions surrounding this um, this uh, pitching staff and uh, just pitchers in general. Um, so, you know, it's it's been a roller coaster of a season to say the least. We were counted out uh, in the preseason stuff and a lot of the early season things. Um, people had us pegged for fourth or fifth in the division. Excuse me, um, fourth or fifth in the division, which you know is usually when you know, you know the Twins are probably going to do something because typically Minnesota sports teams are on high alert when people count them out and when people when they are on high alert and people know about them, it's they shit the bed. So. I mean, they did a little bit. They ended up doing a little bit better. You know, 78 and 84, they're what I think, you know, if you look at the Instagram post, what was it? Um, Yesterday, no, this morning or last night, you know, the end of the season, 78 and 84, not a superb record. Um, it is five games of an improvement from last season. So we can hold our you know, heads on that. Um, but still, I mean, I think disappointed is the best word to use, Lisa. I'm disappointed in this team that held the first spot in the AL Central for more than half the year and then just 
fucking fell off, for lack of better words. So it's frustrating to see it happen, but all things considered, I'm really not that surprised we didn't make the playoffs. Um, you know, we made you know midseason acquisitions, midseason you know pull ups, um, and all that kind of stuff, and um. I have to say, you know, in typical Minnesota fashion, I'm excited to see what this team can do in the next couple of years. It seems like we really do have, aside from the Buxton and the Sano, who Sano I know was, you know, injured, but didn't do a whole lot this last year. But we got some, you know, you look at guys like Jose uh, Miranda, we got some young guys. So it'll be interesting to see what we can do within the next couple of years. But again, all things considered, not not super upset um, that we did that. Um Super huge congratulations to Mr. Luis Arise as only the fifth um, Twins player to ever win the AL batting uh, championship uh, with a 316 batting average. Um, huge. For those that didn't see the Instagram post, he's the first one to do that since Maurer did it um, in his third straight year in 09. I believe he did it 7, 8, and 9. Uh, he also led the team in... Um, on base percentage with a 375 and 173 hits. Uh, Byron Buxton, you know, you know, some stats to throw for you guys. Byron Buxton uh, led the way this year with uh, 28 home runs in his 92 games played. Uh, for RBIs, Mr. Jose Miranda led the way with 66. Um, in his 125 games played, Carlos Correa and Gio Urshela were right behind with 64 apiece. Uh, excuse me. Um, Luis Arise also led the team in doubles with 31. Um, and Nick Gordon led the way with four triples, one of only three players that had more than one. Um, so it was uh, overall, overall, you know, a pretty... Solid season, and then you look at um, the pitching. Excuse me, the uh, the pitching side of things. Uh, Joe Ryan led the way with uh, thirteen wins. Uh, he also led the way with one hundred and fifty one strikeouts. Uh, Emilio Pagan had nine saves on the year. Caleb Theobar had eighteen holds. Um, but again, just just wasn't good enough. Um, you know, I, once again, it's really, you know, sad to see, you know, we had got, you know, promising guys like uh, Sonny Gray, um, Chris Archer. Um, Chris Archer just couldn't really get anything going as he went two for eight in um, 25 games played this season. Um, but in typical Minnesota, you know, sports fashion, you know, there's always next year. <laughs> um, so... That's that for the Twins for what we call the not-so-good news on this podcast. Uh, but for my true baseball fans, um, tomorrow night, playoffs start. So in the American League, the unfortunately, the Houston Astros um, nabbed the number one seed, and they will play the winner of the 4-5 um, wildcard series between the Blue Jays and the Mariners, um, while the Yankees have the two-spot, and they will play the winner of the Cardinals Car- sorry guardians and rays series um and then on the nld and then on the national league side the dodgers once again nab the number one spot they'll play the winner of the mets and padre series and then the braves got the two seed and they will play the winner of the cardinals and phillies series so best of luck for all you know what is that 12 teams um 
hope to God we see any we see somebody win that isn't the Astros, Dodgers, or Yankees. You know, truthfully and honestly, I would be okay and happy with seeing anybody win as long as it's not those three teams. So, um, good luck to everybody, and uh, yeah, can't wait to honestly see what happens. I probably won't watch too much of it, but you know, you always you always have it on in the background, and you know, can see uh, you know guys who are you know gonna get paid you know in this upcoming season so yeah fun stuff for them but excuse me sorry about that so moving on to the better news so the better news um minnesota winter fans the wild and the timberwolves wild kind of in the thick of things uh with preseason hockey and the timberwolves kind of just getting started in preseason stuff um and again i think we talked about it um i'm trying to remember, i i think we talked about it briefly last week um because last week you know the 29th um we were a couple games into the we were a couple games into the preseason already but Again, you know, and I say this because I genuinely mean it. I am not somebody that puts a lot of stake into the preseason, but it is really, really awesome and really good to see some of your young guys, you know, getting things done. I mean, again, I I think we talked on it a little last week, so I'm not going to pound it into everybody's head again this week. But, you know, what is it? Four, five, I think they're playing their what, their sixth game tonight against the Chicago, their second one against Chicago, and through the first five games, you know, you know, guys like Kalen Addison has a power play goal, three points. Um, Marco Rossi's got a shorthanded goal to go with six points. Uh, Tyson Jost, who's 24, a lot of people don't realize he's a young guy, he's got two power play goals to go with six points. Um, Matt Boldy has a shorthanded goal. Connor Dewar's got a shorthanded goal. Uh, Matt Zuccarello's got a power play goal this preseason. You know, and, you know, once again, you don't see a whole lot of your stars. You know, the NHL preseason is a lot of, you know, getting guys' legs churning. You know, these next couple games, you'll see some of the stars come in and uh, and kind of do their thing. But for the most part, you're for a team like the Wild, who is kind of restricted with salary cap, you know, you're looking at hey, what young guys are we going to keep up. And truthfully, I look up and down this roster, um, you know, so far in the preseason. And, I mean, Addison's going to, you know, be a stud this year. You look at guys like Marco Rossi, Tyson Joe, Sam Steele, Matt Boldy, Brandon Duhame, Connor Dewar, Mason Shaw. And, you know, if you're – um, if you're, why am I blanking? If you're Bill Guerin, you've got to be very happy with what you're seeing from the young guys that maybe didn't play a whole lot last year. You know, I think about last year and, um, you know, Kalen Addison played a little bit. Uh, Tyson Jones played a bit. Matt Boldy probably played the most out of anybody we're talking about here. Um, Duhame, you know, played a decent and Dewar and Shaw played, you know, here and there. Um, but, to see, you know, hopefully, I think these young guys are going, we're going to go as far this year as uh, these young guys take us. I don't want to get too much into um, hockey predictions and stuff because we will actually have a, on the day of the actual season start, 
we will have a um, podcast on Tuesday the 11th with my brother, and we're going to do a NHL 2022 kind of preview of things. So I was off a little bit. So technically, the season is starting um, tomorrow night, Thursday, but technically for San Jose, Nash, San Jose and Nashville, um, the two of them will be the only two teams um, actually starting their season, and it'll be tomorrow night. For everybody else, the rest of the season starts on Tuesday the 11th. So while San Jose and Nashville are out, and I think they're in Prague playing you know, a part of the, um, what's it called, the... Uh, uh, Prague, um, what's it, like the international series or something like that. Everybody else else is finishing up their preseason tomorrow and Saturday, and the actual season will kick off with Tampa Bay in New York um, and uh, Vegas in Los Angeles. Um, so yeah, so lots of good things to think uh, think about and go forward with this. Um, wild team um, and to go with this wild team the Minnesota Timberwolves are right now in the middle of a preseason game against the Los Angeles Lakers that they look good in um, excuse me but again you know I don't put a lot of pre uh, I don't put a lot of stake into um, basketball you know NBA preseason a lot just because you know I mean I know a lot of people saw LeBron James got into this game for a couple minutes here earlier, um, but it's just, it's honestly one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, your high-profile guys like him, um, Anthony Edwards, and, um, you know, guys, you try to find that medium. You know, some of the young guys like Anthony Edwards, he played a decent amount on that first game against the Miami Heat. I believe he played like 23 minutes or something like that. Um, but you want to get the legs churning. Um, you know, again, I don't believe guys like Jimmy Butler um, played at all. Um, Victor Oladipo, I don't believe, did. Udonis Haslam for sure didn't. Um, but, you know, you had guys like Lowry, Adebayo, Hero. So, again, wins in the preseason don't amount to anything, even though they beat a Miami Heat team by 10 that was a three away from going to the NBA Finals. Um, but again, lots to look forward to this team. This this wasn't even a game that Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert um, played in, which is reassuring. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say, you know, one of the things this team has going for them is their depth. You know, you look at guys like Jade McDaniels, Kyle Anderson, Anthony Edwards, Nas Reed, Jalen Noel, Tareen Prince, um, even McLaughlin, and then you got Gobert and Towns and Russell. That's, I mean, I think I just counted as, like, that's 12 guys that legitimately um, can do, you know, and, you know, and fuck with guys. So, um, again, super excited to see how this team does. You know, once again, for those basketball fans, you look at the start of this team's schedule um, for the actual regular season, and they play Oklahoma City, um, I mean, their first, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Their first seven games, they play Oklahoma City twice, San Jose 
three times, the Lakers once, and Utah once. Um, and this is, again, this is a Utah team that doesn't have Gobert anymore or Donovan Mitchell. So um, this team, once again, has a really good opportunity to start off hot and kind of hopefully kind of take that into, um, you know, the thick of things and um, make some make some noise this season. Um, Sean asked, actually asked me, um, he said, what is your optimism level for this Timberwolves team this upcoming year? And, you know, I got to say, I think I think this team is capable. Again, the keyword is capable. They're very capable of being a top four, top five team with Carl Anthony Towns being able to play the stretch four for most of the game. You know, you got an anchor like uh, Gobert with Anthony Edwards getting better from even last year and um, being snubbed of rookie of the year two years ago. Um, and then you got another backcourt of, you know, you got Noel, you got McLaughlin, you got D'Angelo Russell, who is a great, phenomenal third option. You got Cat. You know, I can't say enough how excited I am for this team, and I do have high hopes for this team. Um, but I am not ready to call and commit them as a title contender team. I think if they do the right things this year, next year they very well can be a title um they can be competing for a title next year but i gotta see it you know again there are so many teams in minnesota sports history vikings twins wolves wild that are very good on paper and they do very good in the regular season and then they shit the bed in the playoffs because let's be real playoff basketball playoff hockey playoff baseball is completely different than regular season so Right now, the best thing the Minnesota Timberwolves can do is get healthy, do their best to win game in and game out, and take it a game at a time and put themselves in a position to be um, successful. So, uh, yes, like I said, super excited, super hopeful for this team and can't wait to see it get kicked off and see how this team actually meshes and um, does. So, with that said, uh, without further ado, we get into our football talk of the night. Um, and God, I gotta say, I, I, I said it about 20 times this last week. If I said it once, the Minnesota Vikings right now, um, are one of, I believe, um, I was looking at the standings earlier. They're one of, um, seven teams in the league that are three and one. And as much as I love this team, they are by and far the worst 3-1 and team in the league. Um, this Minnesota Vikings team, um, again, I know we talked about it at the beginning of the season. It was going to take a couple weeks to kind of get everything meshing and everything going on offense and on defense. Um, but this game should not have been decided by three points. Um as much as I want to, this is not entirely on Kirk Cousins. Um, there were two or three drops I can think of, Johnny Month included. Um, JJ had a drop. There were two or three drops that would have put this game out of reach. Um, just like with Kirk Cousins, there were a couple of moving my feet up in the pocket, moving my feet right or left, um, that could have made this game unattainable for the Saints. 
Um, but in typical Minnesota uh, Vikings fashion, uh, we had to win the game within the final couple seconds, unfortunately. So uh, nonetheless, this team is three to one. And a lot of people I got a lot of people actually um, tweeting me this week saying, you know, stop complaining, stop bitching like three and one, still three and one. And you guys have a very good point. You don't become three and one on accident. My only concern is this Minnesota's Vikings team is better than beating a bad and backup New Orleans Saints team by three and a bad Lions team by four. That's my only thing. That Eagles game, that was deserving of a loss. We kicked the Packers' ass. Um, but looking forward to this Bears game, they've got to take a step in the right direction. And I'm taking a leap of faith, and I think they are. Um so I think this week I want to start with the Vikings game. We'll go over that stuff, and then we'll go over the lock and the upset right before we get off for the night. So I am really looking forward to this Bears game. Um, this Bears team, once again, a this is just a bad team. Justin Fields is not a great quarterback. I was wrong about this guy. I thought he was going to be a stud. This was a quarterback I thought the Vikings should have taken in, shit, what was this, the 2020, yeah, 2020 draft, um, but I think the Lord Almighty, we didn't, um, they beat a 49ers team 19 to 10, pretty much in Lake Michigan, it was just a weird game, um, got killed by the Packers, barely escaped the league's worst team, and then they lost to a Okay, Giants team that's that's feeling themselves right now. Um, fortunately for the Vikings, they're going up against a young quarterback that um, I heard someone say it within this last week, and it's so true after watching some of his videos and stuff like that. Um, he takes his three-step drops, and if his first receiver isn't open, he starts to move his feet and kind of telegraph where he wants to go or telegraph where he's going to go. Um, which is good for this defense. I think this defense played really well the first two weeks, and then these last two weeks they they have played okay, but not great. And I think this is going to be an opportunity for our defense to just freaking eat, freaking eat. So without further ado, let's get into my bold predictions for this week. Um. On the defensive side of things, where we were just at, I got Daniil Hunter recording at least three sacks against this Bears offense. He's going up against a rookie tackle. Um, I think he's going to give this offensive line hell, and I think he's going to make Justin Fields' day um, miserable from the get-go. Um, this is a team that, after the first two weeks, had the third most sacks in the NFL, and going into week five, they're kind of middle of the pack, which is fine, but this is a team that's defense um, should be a lot better than that. And then the, on the offensive side of things, um, this excuse me, Bears defensive line has been one of the worst teams in the league trying to stop the run. So I fully anticipate as much as KOC wants this to be a pass-first offense, I very much anticipate KOC watching tape on the Bears this week and seeing that they suck at stopping the run <clears throat> and being okay with passing as a second option. 
Um, and because of that, I think this is going to be Dalvin Cook's first breakout game of the season. And he's going to show everybody that he's back on the map. He's going to show everybody that he still hasn't missed a step um, in this pass first offense. I got Delvin Cook going off for a hundred plus yards with two uh, two Russian touchdowns. Um, and to cap it all off, I got the Vikings winning and covering this game, thirty five to thirteen. Um, I know I said the last two weeks um, we should have covered our games, um, and we didn't. It sucks. But I think going into this Dolphins game in week six that could potentially have Tua in it, um, this team has to start making um, um, making strides to go there. Um, I don't think the Card- you know I think coming out of that bye week between the Dolphins and the Cardinals, they have two easier games as I don't think the, the Cardinals and commanders are great teams. Um, but I really hope and I really think this team is going to take a step in the right direction against this Bears team, getting ready for the Dolphins and then getting the job done against the Cardinals and Commanders because the Bills and as of right now, the Cowboys in what's that going to be week five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, um, or no, 10, 10, 11. Um, those are teams that are legit as of right now. And if, um, we, you know, those are teams that we got to, uh, you know, play well against. So that is what I got for the Vikings um, this week. But before we go, um, before we go, I had um, a fellow Eric reach out and say, um, who is more to blame for this offense, KOC or Kirk? And, you know, Eric, I, I went back and forth on this and, As much as in these last two games, the Lions and the Saints games, um, I kind of questioned a little bit of our play calling. I'm not giving KOC, you know, I'm not letting him off the hook here, but I'm saying it's about, I'm going to call it 20 to 25% on KOC because I don't think he's play calling his best games yet, but 80 to 75% of it is on Kirk because there are numerous occasions very similar to a um a Justin Fields type of thing. He moves his feet so quickly. If Kirk was able to move his feet uh, a little quicker and understand like hey, the pocket is collapsing on my right, the pocket is collapsing on my left, the pocket is collapsing kind of behind me. I got to step up. <clears throat> This guy could, I'm not saying he's got to be a mobile quarterback, but the reason guys like Tom Brady, the reason guys like Jalen Hurts, the reason guys like Aaron Rodgers are good are because they understand when it's, you know, valuable to use their legs. You know, you keep the linebackers honest, you're able to get some decent yards out of it, out of them. And, um, you know, I, I put most of the blame on Kirk, um, just because, I believe if he moves his feet a little bit more, he buys this offense a little more time. He's able to make some more throws, able to take less sacks. And who knows, maybe because of that, we end up beating both the Lions and Saints by 10-plus points. Um, but before we go, without further ado, I got this week um, for my lock and upset. So for the 
Um, I'm sorry. What is it? Sorry. I had. I just had it up. For my lock, I actually have the. Oh my god, where'd it go? For my lock, I actually actually have the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they're going up against the Houston Texans this week. Um, arguably the worst team. Um, I know. Um, that they had five. I know Trevor Lawrence had five. Um turnovers last week but he had is much improved this year in year two and the run offense is very excellent they're currently fifth in yards per carry allowed at 3.6 so it's absolutely dreadful dreadful matchup for the texans who are oh three and one whose offense is whose only offense is really their running back damian pierce uh the texans it's worth noting are also 31st in drop pack drop back EPA and 29th and drop back success rate. Um, Houston has scored 21 more 21 or more points in every single game this season. And the Texans have eclipsed 20 points just once. So I actually got um, Jacksonville are seven point favorites. I got the Jacksonville Jaguars um, beating the Texans by double digits. I got them winning 33 to 20. And then for my upset, I actually have the Dallas Cowboys, as much as I do not like them, reigning on the Los Angeles Rams um, back-to-back tour. Um, I had to double-check this line to make sure it was right. The Rams, who are 31st in yards per play and 29th in scoring, are laying more on the laying more on the field goal against the Cowboys team that might have the best defense in football, and it pains me. To admit that because I, I I don't like America's team. I don't like that people dub them America's team. Um, we saw what the 49ers front seven did against the injury-ravaged uh, Rams offensive line on Monday night. Uh, the Cowboys have two of the NFL's top eight pass rushers based off a of win rate in markup. Micah Parsons, sorry, and um, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, the Rams through four weeks have allowed a sack every 9.4 pass attempts. So I think it's going to be a long day for Matthew Stafford, unless his offensive line can get something going. Um, granted, it's not like the Cowboys are exactly clicking on offense either, but Cooper Rush has avoided the killer mistakes. Uh, the Cowboys are tied for second in interception rate. Um, and his EPA per play is .08, which is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, who just beat the Rams. Um, so I really think the Rams are going to need their A game, and I don't think they're going to have it. Uh, like I said, the Rams are four-and-a-half-point favorites. I got the um, Cowboys winning by a touchdown, 27-20. to 20. So that is what I have for you guys this weekend. Like I said, be alert. We have a guest coming on next week. And then we also have um, the brother and I doing the 2022 NHL preview on Tuesday the 11th. So with that, I'm going to leave you guys with remember this podcast about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at miniweekend. And email is miniweekend at gmail.com. That's M-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E-K-E-N-D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. 
also find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things mini weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out. Until next time, Mini.